Hi, my name's Dave and it's my privilege to just share with you a few thoughts on this uh, very strange weekend really. We find ourselves as a church, Basingstoke Baptist Church, um, in line to celebrate our 38th anniversary. This was due to be our church anniversary weekend and uh, I'm sure 38 years ago when uh, this church was first constituted came together as uh, the body of Christ here on Brighton Hill and um, the last thing they would have thought about was the fact that uh, we would find ourselves in a place where we're not allowed to meet and uh, isolation and separation social distancing are common now as uh, comments and, and words in our vocabulary but I mean a couple of weeks ago we didn't even know what that sort of thing meant but now we're told that uh, for the sake of the safety and the health of the nation we need to separate and uh, look after one another by not being close in close proximity so that uh, we don't spread anything around that could have detrimental effects upon any one of us. So here we are. What a strange situation. We can't meet together. Yet um, God wants to meet with us. We know that, that uh, our God is passionate for us. He loves us and he desires that we would have uh, an intimate relationship with him. So what do we do? How do we draw near to God in a time when we are not allowed to be together? Well, it's very simple. We need to spend time in his presence. We need to uh, read his word and we need to spend time in prayer we need to come before him maybe as we never have before because the times that we are in are times that none of us have experienced before and I found myself actually looking in the book of Philippians this was uh, a, a book that was highlighted to many church leaders this past week um, in an email that was sent out um, encouraging people to uh, read God's word in, in a new way and a, a study resource was made available and uh, and looking at that resource and other uh, pieces of information that I have I felt oh, this was good this was good and would be helpful to us as a church when uh, we're finding ourselves uh, restricted and isolated I don't know if you've ever read the book of Philippians before, but it's uh, it's only short. And uh, in the uh, chapters, which there are only uh, four chapters within those four chapters, we find joy. We find a lot of, of things that the Apostle Paul is being thankful about. But what you realise is that he's being thankful in the midst of being under house arrest. He, he wasn't free to move around and, and go where he wanted and do what he wanted to do he was stuck in and uh, pretty much like each and every one of us we are finding ourselves uh, restricted on our movements where we can go what we can do and maybe reading this book during this period of time will give us an insight into uh, how we can develop a deeper relationship with God and relate in a fresh way to what the Apostle Paul was saying here in this book it was Sevi Ballesteros who was the uh, the champion golfer that many of you may have heard that name before. And one of the things that uh, he picked up on and noticed was the fact that um, 
people who wanted to improve in golf, those who wanted to get to a higher level, would spend an awful lot on practising. And then businesses, of course, have picked up with that. So you have um, putting greens and you have driving ranges. And one of the things that Seve Ballesteros said was, uh, uh, which I thought was quite insightful, was um, no business had set up uh, a place where people could practice getting out of sand traps. Where can people practice getting out of difficulty? And I must admit that we find ourselves in a situation where we have a problem, we have troubles, we have difficulties. And unless we have a way of working our way out and dealing with them, we find that those problems, those difficulties, those concerns become overwhelming and have a negative impact upon us. So nobody is providing sand traps to practice. Yet here we have been given an amazing opportunity as the people of God in the midst of restriction to practice moving out of what's seen as, as a problem situation and allowing it to be profitable to us as followers of Christ. Evangelist uh, J. John, he stated that uh, problems are a part of life. He went on to say, and I'm reading this before you now, all of us are going to have problems right up to the moment we die. And some of us are going to have problems after we die. And therefore, it makes sense that if we find ourselves in a sand trap situation, then it's good to learn how to get out of it. And I think this letter to the Philippians that we can look at today is going to give us some resources that will help us get out of those difficulties. So let's look at the first uh, 11 verses of Philippians chapter one. And let's have a look and see what... Uh, they teach us about uh, praying with thanksgiving and joy and preparing ourselves to deal with uh, a sand trap situation, just as we find ourselves in at this moment. Firstly, what I recognise that Paul says is that uh, prayer needs to be our first response rather than a last resort. When he starts uh, to share in this letter, we get to verse three of Philippians chapter one. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. There's this point in time where the Apostle Paul is saying that um, you come to mind on a regular basis. And when you come to mind, I pray. And, and here we find ourselves uh, as a church not able to meet together, but we can allow the Holy Spirit to bring people to mind. And as you are spending time um at home and not able to meet as we normally do would you just ask the holy spirit lord would you bring to mind those who i need to pray for specifically grab a pad and a pen place it beside you start writing some names down who is god bringing to your memory and then pray for them and part of that i think which would be wonderful is that if, as we spend time praying for one another, as we allow the Holy Spirit to, to bring people to our, our, our attention, then how about picking up the phone and starting a conversation? Ring one of those people. You don't have to ring all of them. Ring one of those people that you believe that the Lord has brought to mind. 
and just say something along the lines of, um, hi, I was praying for you this morning. God laid you on my heart and therefore I was praying for you. Is there anything that I can pray for more specifically? How are you doing? How are you coping in our, our current situation? Um, and that will just start, I believe, something of a, uh, a movement amongst us that would help us to understand that being church and going to church are two totally different things. If we start allowing Holy Spirit to speak to us about individuals and then we follow that up by making contact, inquiring about people's well-being, asking for prayer points, then we draw closer together on a spiritual level probably more so than we do on a physical level when we come into church on a Sunday. And what would be even better is when God prompts you, even as you look through your church suite list of church members, to people's names, that people you don't know. What a brilliant time to get to know people without seeing them. Make that phone call. Hi, my name's Dave. Um, you may not know me and... and I've just seen you in passing at church, but I believe that it would be really good if, if I can pray for you. Is there anything that you need or uh, how are you? Just start the conversation. And when the lockdown becomes lifted, when we are allowed to meet together again, that, that first gathering together of the church that has not seen each other, but has spoken to each other and prayed for each other, would be so powerful. In, in my mind, I, I felt that, that moving to the school would be a catalyst for growth. I, I had no idea that this virus was going to impact us as it has done. But my thought was that if we're in a new place, we're doing things differently, then there's a greater chance that we would share this thing that we're doing with other people, invite people along. It'll be something new, something different. And then we would see, see growth, that, that we would be even more passionate about being a church on the move. We are out of our facilities because we're updating them, but we're not out of touch with God. We're not out of touch with one another and we're not out of, of a desire now to reach people for Jesus. Well, that's turned on its head. We can't meet in the school. We can't meet in our own facilities. Uh, but we can meet one another as we pray for each other and as we make contact. Uh, wonderful opportunity for us to see growth. And Paul says, this is it. What happens is, as you come to mind, I remember you with thanksgiving. This is it. Every time I remember you and all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. And, and this is it. We're, we're part of the family of God together and therefore we should joyfully be upholding one another in prayer. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And then Paul goes on to say, he said, don't be anxious about anything, but in, in, in everything, in, by prayer and petition, bring your thanksgivings and present them and, and your requests before God. Let's not be anxious about anything. Let's not uh, allow what's happening around us to uh, bring fear into our lives. Perfect love casts out all fear. And we're loved. And as we connect with one another, what we're doing is we are spreading that love to one another. 
fear not, fear not. So Paul goes on in this fantastic letter. He says that let prayer be your first resort, your first port of call. Let prayer be that which you turn to first. And praying for one another um, is just so wonderful because that's the point where we get to connect with people in a spiritual level. As a church, let's uh, allow ourselves to grow spiritually through this time when we can't see each other. Pray for one another. Make it a first response. Paul goes on to say that uh, our prayer should be offered in, in an attitude of gratitude, even though we are finding ourselves complaining because we can't get certain products in the local stores even though there's plenty to go around there's a lot of whinging there's a lot of moaning whilst we are, are finding that uh, our everyday activities are being restricted let's not turn that to negativity let's find joy in that the prayers that we pray should we prayed in an attitude of gratitude we have so much to thank God for. Paul says in uh, verse three, I thank God every time I remember you. Now that's an amazing statement because those people he was remembering were those that we would find in, in the book of Acts and those that we would find in the book of Acts when Paul visited Philippi were a, a lot of people in situations that were not great. Uh, I remember when Paul um in philippi he he ministered to a demon possessed slave girl who followed around him around and harassed him um and how that he got arrested and he got put into chains and he got beaten up um he got thrown into a dungeon he released this girl from demonic oppression but the livelihood of her owners um was such uh, so devastated by what he'd done then that upset people and then in the upset he finds himself incarcerated um loads of horrible experiences that paul would have had but he says he flips it on its head here in philippians and he says um do you know what i remember the good things i remember all the positivity that came out of my encounter with the people of Philippi. I remember Lydia and how she and her husband became Christians. I remember casting out the demon of the slave girl and setting her free. And that was his focus. And I remember the Philippian jailer and his family and all those people who are now followers of Jesus. And, and then when I remember them, I, I thank God for them. So much that we take for granted that we don't remember to thank God for so here is an opportunity in the midst of restriction to allow our gratitude to be expressed in our prayers thank you Jesus for those things that I, I've just taken for granted uh, ease of movement access to resources thank you Lord that we have had so much and thank you for family and friends and my neighborhood my community thank you for the jobs that I've been able to do and the team that I have worked with. There's so many things to be thankful for. I, I popped across to my neighbours this week and uh, their elderly couple and uh, I popped in, knocked on the door just to say to them, I'm across the road and if we find ourselves in a place where um, 
we have to be isolated and you can't go out, then I'm very happy to access resources, pick up prescriptions, get some groceries, whatever you, you may need. And, um, you know, we said hello to each other occasionally when they are mowing their front lawn, but that's been pretty much it. I, I know their names. They know who I am. But I've made that contact. And one of the lovely things that, that happened from that is I'm standing, you know, two metres from the front door as they stood there chatting to me was the fact that they showed their appreciation. I said, thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate the fact that you thought of us. And I go away from that situation recognising that simple things um, are worth being thankful for. There's stuff that we've taken for granted that in a time like this we can acknowledge are uh, blessings. Blessings that we need to acknowledge before God. Let's pray with thanksgiving. Let's Praying with thanksgiving is, is like the start of that. But recognising also that Paul says that he is confident that God is going to continue to work through the people that he's writing to. I'm confident, he says, of this. He says this in, in verse six. He says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has a plan for your life and God has a plan for my life. The task that he has called us to is not derailed because of the circumstances that we are facing at this moment. God knew this was going on and God's plans have not been derailed. There is a job for us to do. And Paul is stating very clearly uh, that uh, he is confident that that which we've been called to do will be fulfilled. He's not finished with us yet. So that was a, a, a story that I, I can remember reading many, many years ago of, uh, uh, let me make some numbers up, a 22 stone uh, young man who went to his minister and said, Pastor, um, I, I'm so depressed. I, I've tried to lose weight and I can't lose weight. Uh, I can't get a girlfriend. I feel like a, a, an outcast in society. You know, Pastor, can you help me? And the preacher says to him, yep, yeah, well, I think I can. Go home, be ready 8 a.m. Uh, tomorrow morning. And so at exactly 8 a.m. the next morning, this guy's doorbell rings and the man opened the door expecting to see the minister standing outside. But instead, there stood a uh, beautiful young lady dressed in her jogging outfit who says to the guy on the doorstep, uh, uh, the preacher has called me and he says that... Um, if you can catch me, I'll, I'll be your girlfriend. Then she takes off running and this guy took off after her, huffing of puffing. And of course, he was unable to catch her. Well, it seemed that this went on for six months. Every morning she was there. He chased her. And for six months, he'd never caught her. But after losing nearly 10 stone, the penultimate morning, he almost caught her. And in his mind, he thought to himself, the next day, this is going to be the day I'm going to get her tomorrow. Well, the next morning, the doorbell rang. He opened it eagerly, ready to see his uh, jogging partner. And there on the doorstep stood a 22 stone lady. 
who said to him, the preacher said that if I can catch you, you're mine. That's utilising the potential in people. Paul looks at the people in, in Philippi and he says, I see great potential there. I see God working in you. I see that you are a people who are ready to complete his work. And this is the work that we are even about, even as we are restricted, as we are in this nation. There's a work for us to do. And prayer is the key to that work. Paul also, we recognise, had developed some significant relationships in Philippi. He talks in, in verse five and he says about that we are in partnership with the gospel. In the gospel, we are in partnership from the very first day till now. You're And partners, we, we are close together. We are in this together. And, and this is one of the beautiful things that we find as a church at this time. We can say we are still in partnership with sharing the good news of Jesus. That good news we bring before God, uh, thankfully, in our prayers. But we also seek the prompting of the Holy Spirit of how can we step in to sharing that good news with the people around us? Well, we're told in the scriptures that there's the, the greatest commandment and the great commission. We are told to love the Lord our God with all the heart, soul, mind and strength. Love our neighbour as ourself. Well, that's good. We need to be loving our neighbours as ourselves. And then the second part of that, of course, is the Great Commission, is to go into all the world and share the good news. Well, it seems that we need to focus our attention on our deepening relationship in our prayer time with God that would overflow in our love for our neighbour. And as we love our neighbour, it gives us a platform to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that the we have a God who loves us and who is with us, even in the midst of this difficulty. So when Paul says that we're in partnership in the gospel, he says that you are doing what I wanted to do, which was share the love of God. And that's what we're doing. We have this opportunity to share the love of God around us. Even as we serve our neighbours, are, are we able to uh, connect with people who may not be able to get out and do some of the things that they can't do? We're showing love in a, a practical way. So Paul is very clear that our praying should be a first priority. Our praying needs to be joy filled, recognition of, of what we've got, but also recognising as well that God is with us and uh, he is in partnership with us. And this is an opportunity that we have to share the gospel and the third thing that I just want to pick out of here just briefly this morning is this, that we are to pray for God's glory rather than our own. Let's pray for God's glory rather than our own. Paul teaches us here as, as we pray for God's glory in verses 9 to 11. It says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and the praise of God. You see, as we step into uh, living out what it means to be a people of restriction, we can also recognise that this is an opportunity to glorify God. We can be to our community around us that which they've not seen before. What an honour, what a privilege it is 
to serve people around us. And part of that serving is uplifting them before God in our prayers and then looking for practical ways that we can help. There's also other things that we can do. And, and I, I acknowledge that this is a, an amazing time for us to grow in our relationship with God. You see, if we can't get out, we can get in. Let's get into the word in a way that we haven't done before. If we can't get out, let's connect. There's so many resources on the Internet that we can use to learn and grow as as Christians and build up our faith. If we can't get out, then let's start reading. Maybe there's a book that you've had uh, in mind to read for a long time that is there on the shelf or there uh, you're on your bedside cabinet. And like I've got many books that this is a time when we can feed ourselves and grow in our knowledge as we lean into others resources. Spending time in worship, maybe we can find uh, worship resources online if you are computer connected. But also the most important thing is that we would lean into God. And just as Paul is saying here in this uh, amazing letter, this is an opportunity, even though there is restriction, for us to soar in our relationship with our Lord. The old hymn says this, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and grieves to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to him in prayer. Have you trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? You should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer so in conclusion is prayer your first response to you or is it a last resort do you pray in an attitude of gratitude or do you find yourself grumbling in your prayers and when you pray do you make sure that God receives the glory and you don't so we start meeting without being able to meet and in meeting when we can't meet uh, are we finding that we are able to grow and draw near to God in a fresh and vibrant new way? Our times are difficult, but we have time to press in and encounter God in a new and a fresh way. Nobody would ever have expected us to be where we are today, but we're here. And I believe that as we press in to God, we can find ourselves uh, coming out of this situation as uh, stronger followers of Christ, more in touch with him than we've ever been before, because we have drawn near and received that promise that as we draw near, he will draw near to us. Allow me to pray for you. So, Father, today we just ask you by your Holy Spirit to empower us in our prayer lines. Would you, Lord, draw near to us as we draw near to you? Help us to be sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. And would you grow us, Lord, as individuals and as members of your church, as we, in this unprecedented time, uh, lean into you and allow you, Lord, to lead us and guide us in fresh and vibrant ways. Lord, we want to pray that you would answer your very prayer that you would indeed build your church 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing of this virus and its impact upon our nation will in any way hinder what you're going to be doing through and with your church. And that includes us for your honour and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.